All right, everybody, this is S. Anthony Thomas. This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast, episode number 409. How are you doing? I'm doing good. If you've been listening to the podcast before, I was sick as crap. So much so that when my doctor called, uh, <laughs> uh, with uh, obviously because of COVID, some of your doctor's appointments are going to be audio visual where they'll call you on your cell phone for the video call or your laptop and all that kind of stuff. And she actually called the day early. So I wasn't expecting her to call and I had the phone right by my, uh, right by my, right by my bed. And, uh, I forgot to hang it up, you know, obviously one of those uh, cordless phones was right there. So the phone rang and I pick up the phone and I go, she goes, Hey, Mr. Thomas, how's it going? And I'm thinking, who in the because at first I'm thinking it's a telemarketer and I'm going I don't owe any money you know well, who's call, you know I, I, I wasn't rude I'm never rude and then she starts going oh yeah I just want to call for our appointment that this is your doctor but the bit the bit go hey and then when I describe my symptoms after they were over with she goes hey next time you feel like that how about this you call me what are you gonna do next time you feel like that call me that's how bad I felt but I feel pretty daggone good right now. Haven't gotten back to full physical strength, but I don't feel like crap like I used to. And it feels good to feel good. So I'm hoping you feel good, my friends. Now, what did I wanted to talk to you about this week, my friends, is when you outgrow things. Sometimes you outgrow things and you don't even realize you've outgrown those things. I'm not even necessarily talking about your friends and your family. I'll get to that in a little bit. But even on a smaller scale, you will outgrow things and not even realize you outgrew things, right? Think about it. Imagine you have clothes you wear on a regular basis and you had some clothes you bought in January. And if you have a little bit of clothes, sometimes you don't cycle back to those clothes. You stick with the jeans you got. You're wearing them and everything's cool. And then they get dirty. Ah, you know, while I'm washing these, let me get some of them jeans I bought earlier. You know, they're not, you know, there's not as, I mean, these jeans still look pretty good, but there's zero wear and tear on those. Only warm a couple of times. You put them on, they have to get that. And you try to put them on. And it was okay putting your feet in them. That was great. And it was okay putting your legs in them. Oh, that's great. Got up past your knees. Then they go to your thighs. And then somewhere around the ass waist area. Oh, you start getting a little bit of resistance. But you don't feel any different. And these pants are, oh, they're not the same size. Oh, Oh, you look at the size of the pants and you realize when you stuck your hand in the pile of the pants, as it turns out, these pants are two sizes smaller for guys with two inches in the waist. Okay, so you thought you were getting some 36s. You actually picked up a couple of 34s. But unfortunately for you, you got lulled in the sleep and you put on the 36s. Then when you put them on, you're going, oh, man, I must be losing weight. No, you didn't lose weight. You got pants as two sizes too big. And very slowly, because you thought you lost weight, you started eating double donuts and quadruple donuts and lard sandwiches and water with extra lard in it and double lard Slurpees. And I'm, I lost weight. I got my 30s. Too small, too big for me. These are 34s. They get big, get they were 36s, you dummy. 
And then they fit normal, right? They were a little bit slacky, but you're so proud of yourself. You don't even notice it at first. But now you notice it because now you take off the 36s. You put them in the washing machine with the other clothes. You pull out these pants thinking it's the 34s, but they're really 34s. But the other ones were 36s. You pull them up. Like I said, you get them, but put your feet in. Everything's fantastic. Up past the calves, up past the knees, halfway up the thighs. Soon as they get to the ass waist area. Traffic cop with a stop sign. Stop. Ass crossing. Waist crossing. Fat bastard crossing. Put those pants back in the closet, you fat bastard. Okay, nobody says that. Okay, you do say that in your mind. Oh, what the heck? These must have been shrunk. They weren't shrunk. You only washed them twice, dummy. And you washed them in cold water. You look at the waist, it says 34, but the other was a thing. You push the button on the washing machine, you stop it, you pull up the pants. Oh, you got the liquid on your hands. Oh, you got some soap on your hands. Oh, dang, I, I should have just waited until they. Oh, I already got soap on my hands now, damn it. And you pull up the pants you just had on that fit good. And guess what? Three, six, not three, four, three, six, you fat bastard. Okay, I'm talking about me. Shut up. But you know what I'm talking about. I'm the fat bastard. Don't judge me. Shut up. I'm working on it. But as it turns out, I outgrew the pants. Oh, no. I also lied about the numbers. It was actually 38 and 36. <laughs> I tried to make myself smaller. <laughs> Shut up. Mind your business. Back to the story. <clears throat> anyway. But you outgrew the pants. Oh. And you didn't even realize you did it. Oh. Right? They can happen with your friends, too. When well, my uncle was still alive, rest in peace, Uncle Dave. When he was alive, he was the one I used to drive with to help my other two uncles who were sicker. And he would tell me stories, you know, always these great stories, man. He was like a father figure to me, the great guy. You know, when I needed help, I help. He'd help me out. When he needed help, I'd help him out. We were together almost every day for the last 20 years of his life. And he would tell me these stories. And I'd tell him my stories. It was an old guy and a middle-aged guy exchanging stories. And I had outgrown some things. And he was telling me some stories about how he had outgrown some things. You see, he wasn't a street dude and he wasn't a criminal, but he was he knew dudes, right? He knew just like the same thing. Me, I'm not a street dude. I'm not a criminal, but I knew the dudes and I would say hello to the dudes. And every once in a while, they'd come to where I was hanging out at the bar or whatever. And they day hey, was going on. And I wouldn't hang out with them a little too much. I didn't want people to think I was I was, you know, dealing with their crap. I kept my distance. Everybody knew as Anthony. Don't mess like that. They keep all that away from him. He ain't that kind of dude. Just, you know, just be cool around him and keep that away. And then my uncle was the same way we knew the dudes and we had both in our young in our youth whooped enough ass that these dudes didn't try us they're like oh i might be able to beat him but i don't want to get effed up that's how it was he probably whipped more ass than i did i mean it was the 60s by the way you know come on let's keep it real here when he was uh younger i wasn't even born yet but you know what i'm saying so he was talking about when he would hang out with the dudes, they'd be on the street corner talking some crap. Obviously, the police would break it up They'd hang out at people's houses, talk crap. They go to the bar, the speakeasy or whatever kind of corner bar, talk crap all night, drink. I did this. I did that. And when I was this, that I wish he would. I would do this and do that. No. Oh, yeah. Well, I did this. And that. Oh, you did that. I did that. too. All of that crap. Right. And then my uncle met my aunt and got married. 
right? Raising a family, going to work. She's going to work. They're doing their thing, being a couple, being a family. So because he has a wife and he's got a family to take care of, he can't hang out at the bar like he used to. Every once in a while, he'd get to sneak back for a little bit. But he started to notice that the conversations he was hearing that he used to join into more were starting to sound, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, yeah, stupid, dumb, boring, repetitive. Didn't want to hear that crap, but he loved these guys. They were his dudes from back in the day, and he hadn't he hadn't seen them in a while. But after a few, after like an hour or so, he would always get up and step out of there. Right then it'll be 45 minutes, then it'll be 30 minutes. Then he'd just pop in and say hello, pop down one drink or not take a drink because he's driving. He'd have a whatever. You ain't drinking, man. No, no, I'm driving. Oh, okay. Right. So now he's not drinking. He's not smoking as much, meaning cigarettes. Right. He's not hanging out as much. He's got a family. He doesn't even go back to the to that place anymore. And he stayed away from that place for years. And I mean years. One day, my aunt goes off to some place with some relatives or some crap. And he said, hey, you know what? I'm going to pop in and see the guys. He goes back in with the guys. And it's been, I'm, I shouldn't even have said years. I should have said decades, decades, literally decades since he's been in the bar. The bar is still there, right? And you can tell it's 20 years older than it was when he was there. I mean, it's still okay. The building's fine. It's not that the building's going to fall down. But, you know, it looks like a building that's been there for a long period of time. He goes in. The dudes are there literally sitting in the same chairs, meaning that these guys had just kept coming all the time. So much so that they had their own chairs and the people that frequented the bar knew that, that those were their chairs. And it was an empty chair where he used to sit. And he goes and sits down, hey, what's going on, man? And in the beginning, it was great catching up with the guys. But just like when he had gone earlier, and just like then, when he couldn't take more than an hour, then 45 minutes, then 15 minutes, then just a pop in, this time he forced himself to stay there for an hour because he hadn't seen him for a while, and it was good to see the guys. He still dug them. They're still nice guys, but... 20 years later, they're literally just retelling the same stories. He's thinking that maybe 20 years has gone by. I know these guys have more stories. No, they did not. Their lives had literally frozen at that point when he left. They hadn't done anything new, didn't, hadn't done anything different, hadn't learned, hadn't matured much. Right? Even the ones that had wives and kids. They're still here. Don't you got a wife? Don't you have kids? Right? Some awful gets up and said, man, I got to take it. All right, man, take care, man. We see you next time. And he told me in his mind, there is not going to be a next time. At the most, if I'm already down here, I'll pop in for a wave. But for the most part, I'll just see these guys when I see these guys, whenever they're milling around the city that I live in. He said to me, he says, hey, man. I walked into that bar and I saw those guys. They were sitting in the same chairs. They were say, telling the same stories. Is he said this? And I mean, and this is almost literally what he said. He goes, "It was like I walked out at when they said the the in the middle of a sentence, and when I walked back into the bar twenty years later, it was like that guy was competing the same sentence that ended when I walked out. Imagine that. 
he had gone on to have a responsible job, put in all of his years of work, putting his, his time for his pension, spending with his wife, the kids, this, the, that, and all this kind of stuff. Now he's taking care of his brothers who were sick, and I'm helping him for the last 20 years of his life. And he had matured a long time ago. His life had continued. But these guys were frozen. And even though he cared about them, he knew he had outgrown them. Time had passed. And his place was not at that bar anymore. He hadn't eaten in, 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 um, in the last years of his life. He never went back there. He just had no interest. I mean, every once in a while, we'd drive past and he'd see those guys and he'd stick his hand out. Hey, as the car was going. Like, no, no, don't slow down. I don't slow down. No, keep it going. You would say to me. And I know how that feels. You, when, you, when you realize time has passed, the things have changed. On Facebook today, I sent out two things to some of my old friends in comedy. I mean, they're not just comedy friends. We're friends, and we've also did comedy together. These are actually friends of mine and people I knew and cared about and who were important to me as I started. There were two comedy clubs I started doing comedy in in 1986 when I was 17 years old. I literally had just turned. I was 17 years old and two months or so when I started doing stand-up comedy. And these places were important to me. I loved these buildings. One was at 126 Chestnut, and it was called the Comedy Works in Philadelphia, down there in Philadelphia. It was the first place I ever went to do comedy. Walked up the steps, little intimidated, you know, big metal doors. You open up the door, you hear the crowd. <sighs> like, oh, God, you know, I still got a little notepad, notepad under my arm. Had never stepped in front of people before. I was notoriously shy back then anyway. <laughs> Not so much now. And I remember what that felt like to go on that stage and how much fun that was. First time, it went really, really well. Second time, sucked. Then after that, it was fine. It didn't bomb that often. Thank goodness. Even up to this point, it hadn't happened that often. It hasn't happened in a million years, but you know what I'm saying. And the second place was at 31 Bank Street called the Comedy Factory Outlet. Now, the first place, 126 Chestnut, was the first time I did comedy. It was also the first place comedy club that actually paid me money to tell jokes and i spent that shit in like three seconds <laughs> i mean it was 17 years old what the hell you expect right the next place i went still roughly the same age i had it wasn't it wasn't a year yet was the first place i did weekend gigs and actually got paid real money to do stand-up comedy called the comedy factory outlet and these places were very very important to me I love those buildings and I love the people and still do love the people from that era. Still in contact with them. Still friends on Facebook. Still contact them. Contact them. And I remember the first time I went down to Philadelphia during the summertime a couple of years ago. Because usually when I go down, I just go down to see my family and hang out a little bit and go back home. So I was down there and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to park this car at Second and Market. I'm just going to walk by. Now, I knew that the Comedy Factory outlet wasn't there and I knew the Comedy Works wasn't there. I knew that. But I was curious as to what was there. And I, like I said, intellectually, I knew they weren't still there. I literally was on the last show of each one of those clubs. Last show in the Comedy Works at 126 Chestnut. I was on that show. The last show of the Comedy Factory Outlet, 31 Bank Street. I was at that show. I was on both last shows. And I remember when I was a little kid, I used to watch 
uh, you know, entertainment tonight type shows. And I would see people who had long running series and they would do a little little cover story about the ending of the show. And you'd see these people having this big huddle and they'd be crying. And as a young kid, I didn't understand why are they crying? The show's over. Okay. I didn't, you know, I didn't cry the last day of school. I was like, why are these people crying? And I understood and I understand now, but back then I didn't. So I walk up the street, I walk up Bank Street and I get to 31 Bank Street and it, like I said, I knew it wasn't there. But standing in that spot where I had so much joy and so much fun and had sex with so many people from the audience, I mean, of, 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 of relationships, <laughs> don't judge me, shut up. When I saw that it wasn't there, even though I knew it was not there, it bothered me a little bit. Because a place that was so important to me doesn't even exist. And someone born around now, or someone who's an, even an adult now, 25-year-old, will walk by this place and never know that that place existed. Walk up the street, walk up to Chestnut Street, start walking down, walk to 126 Chestnut Street. It's not there. I knew it wasn't there. But standing there across the street, looking at it, looking at the place where it all started for me, where my dream to be a comedian began... And it wasn't there. Apartment buildings or something. And it, it bothered me. And like I said, I knew it wasn't there. And even though as a kid I didn't understand, and even as a note, I do I did understand why people got choked up when things were over. It actually hit me in the stomach. Bang! They're both gone. And like I said, somebody who's an adult now, 25 years old, somebody living in that building and working in the other building will have no idea that two of the best comedy clubs in the country existed at those two locations. And a lot of dreams started in those two locations. And thousands upon thousands of people a weekend laughed their asses off in those two locations. The city itself had outgrown that version of that area because a lot of the business had gone. It's amazing how when time passes, things get outgrown. My uncle outgrew his friends. My hometown down there in Philly outgrew the businesses. It's amazing. So when I look back now, I look back on some of the other things that I have outgrown. You know, when I was younger, I was prone to get angry. I wasn't a violent person, but I did get angry when people annoyed the crap out of me. But I don't get angry as much. Now, I've kind of outgrown the anger. Maybe I wasn't as analytical and didn't have the ability to sit back and look at situations and assess them before I react. That was something that I needed to work on. And I've outgrown that aspect of myself. Now, when you sit back and you look at yourself, you look at yourself, Evaluate where you are now, where you were five years ago, maybe 10 years ago. You've seen things that you've outgrown, right? You've seen how you change, right? But sometimes outgrowing things is a bad thing. Like those pants I outgrew. That being said, I got to end this podcast because I got some crunches to do. Damn. I should just podcast for like 10 hours, I mean, that way it'll be too late for me to do the crunches, but damn it, gotta do these crunches. Anyway, folks, <laughs> that has been this episode of the S. Anthony Says Podcast. 
Much love to you. Thank you very much uh, for coming back. Do me a favor. If you like this show, recommend it to your friends. Rate and review this podcast, my friends, on whatever podcatcher you're listening to it on. And make sure you come back every Monday because I'll be here and I want you here too. Much love to you all. And I will see you again next time. Take care. here.